Hello there, Geeks and Geekettes. This is Seth, a.k.a. Zandrax, the mayor of Geekville and the host of Geekville Radio, bringing you another edition of Geekville Radio's Nostalgia Trip. Now, as I've said before, some of these episodes of Nostalgia Trip are actually replays of old episodes back when it was called the Geekville Podcast before it was rebranded into Geekville Radio. This episode was recorded in 2013 in anticipation for what was only the second all-American-made Godzilla film at the time. At the time of this recording that you're hearing right now, March of 2021, we are seeing the release of Godzilla vs. Kong. So if there's anybody that needs to scratch that Godzilla itch, either before or after seeing Godzilla vs. Kong, this will be the show for you because we cover every Godzilla movie made up until Godzilla Final Wars in 2004. That's simply because there hadn't been the American Godzilla and there hadn't been the Shin Godzilla film made at that point. So if you like Godzilla, again, this is a show for you. I hope you don't mind the difference in recording quality because that's just how my equipment sounded at the time. So without further ado, myself and Uncle Greg talk Godzilla from the year 2013. Geekville Radio. Did you hear that, kids? The infamous roar and sound theme music of the one and only King of the Monsters, Godzilla. That is the subject of this week's Geekville podcast. And returning for a second week in a row, I do have Mr. Ega316 from the boards. Greg, how are you feeling? Um, fantastic. Yeah. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Yeah, and I want to say thank you for everybody who's given me feedback on the Doctor Who episode from, from last week. I, I hope it was as fun for... You folks to listen to as it was for me to record it. It, it, it was one of my my favorite episodes, and there will be more to come. Uh, like like said at the end of the episode, we're we're going to at least do something for the 50th anniversary, unless something else uh, comes along. We'll, we might do something before that, but we're not here to talk about Doctor Who. We're here to talk about kaiju and giant monsters and demolishing Tokyo and general rubber suit uh, craziness. I guess I can start it off with that. I think it was Channel 66. Uh, that started it off for me had to have been in the early 80s and because uh, Channel 66 in Chicago went on to become a Spanish language station. And uh, then I think it started either in the Channel 50 or Channel 32. It, it's the the, uh, the local Fox network affiliate now, but in the, in the 80s it was pure UHF. I think that's where really I got most of my Godzilla fix. It was Sunday afternoons, I want to say. Maybe late late Sunday mornings they would show the traditional Godzilla uh, Monster Fest film. Uh, and I think that's kind of really where it all got started for me. Uh, Greg, is that uh, story similar for you? Yeah, pretty close. Um, uh, yeah, there were where I grew up, I mean, it was n- kind of north of Pittsburgh. We could get um, stations from a few um, other cities around. I mean, sometimes if the wind was blowing right, we could get Youngstown stations. Sometimes we got one from Altoona and um, in a different uh, cities that had UHF stations in uh, that general vicinity, and um, typically it was, yeah, Saturday afternoons they would play um, some kind of uh, monster movie of some sort, and uh, Godzilla's were always a favorite, and I um, tried to catch as many as I could, and uh, oh, I can remember being probably five, six years old, and uh, thinking those were the coolest things ever, and wanting to read every book I could get my hands on about Godzilla, and uh, I had a Godzilla toy, which um, I played with and played with and it's somehow held together and my son has now discovered it he is now that age and he thinks it's really cool and i've bought him a lot of the souped up new toys which you can find at pretty much any toys r us yeah he actually got a mothra just a couple weeks ago he'd been asking for and he thinks that's pretty cool myself and my friends more so my friends than me but i i gladly play along have gotten so geeky into this stuff that they'd actually developed tabletop miniatures games using Godzilla action figures, you know, we'd roll dice and, and stuff like that. Uh, and it would even utilize some of the other Japan uh, monsters like like uh, Ultraman and, uh, uh, well, we were we did have stats for Spectre Man, but we could never find a Spectre Man that was the right size. Ah. Because, I mean, an Ultraman Spectre Man throwdown, I mean, that, that, that has me at hello. <laughs> and 
and then the bass line in the Spectreman theme, I, I always like that. Do 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 do. But mm-hmm. uh, alas, uh, back to Godzilla. I, Godzilla, of course, the first film was in 1954, and I believe Godzilla had actually gone through several different thoughts or incarnations because the the original Japanese name is of course Gojira, G O J I R A, which Gojira. Yeah, which. If my understanding is correct, grammatically in Japanese means gorilla whale. Yeah, it was like, I think, if I'm remembering right, it was, um, the Japanese word for gorilla is basically gorira. It's just um, gorilla, just the way they pronounce it. And uh, then the Japanese word for whale is kujira. So they just combined gorira, kujira, and had gojira. And of course, Americans, we, we hear that and we know that the L is not part of the Japanese dialect, so it just kind of phonetically sounded like Godzilla to us, at least mm-hmm. that's kind of how I always figured. Yes, it was, uh, yeah, Americanized to that, and uh, it's just as well because it's uh, catchy. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I don't know, there's, I guess it adds a little more menace to it having God at the beginning. Yeah. And that, that was one thing um, with the 1998 remake, the reason why the character from that movie was just known as Zilla in Japan is because there was nothing godly about it. Yeah. That uh, Godzilla Final Wars thing, and I, I think we'll probably get to that mm-hmm. as we go chronologically. But there, there were two things that I liked about that movie, and really only two things. And I'll leave that as a teaser for when we get to it. But yeah, keep listening to us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't just stop right now. You gotta listen to the whole thing. You've committed. You've clicked on play. What else are you really gonna do? So just stay here. Yeah. Listen to me and Seth. Yeah, I, I was going to say don't touch that dial, but, you know, there's no channels to change, I guess. Yeah, and, and you're free to do whatever you like as you're listening to us. Um, you can touch whatever dials you want. I don't care. Just yeah. don't click away and, and click some ads while you're at it. That would be awesome. Perhaps the uh, Amazon.com ad that's on the front of A1-Wrestling.com. So. You know you want to. Yeah. But, yeah, the original Gojira film came out in 1954, and I don't know if have you ever seen the film, Greg, the, the original Gojira? Indeed, I have. I have the DVD two disc. Yeah, yeah. In my collection, it's got the um, Americanized Godzilla King of the Monsters, which had Raymond Burr inserted into it, and it has the original Japanese Gojira, which is um, also well. They're both good films on the in their own merit. They're both excellent. Um, the Japanese version, I think, is a little more grim. It's really a pretty potent anti-war, anti-nuclear film. I mean, it really shows the mass suffering that was caused up close and really shows the death toll in a way that um, a lot of monster movies don't. Right. Yeah, agreed. Because it really isn't so much of a monster film as much as it is a story of tragedy. Mm-hmm. There's no real protagonist in it, per se. Uh, you, there's certainly no swashbuckling good guy. Right. And... So many monster films since that, I think, really kind of lost that. And they're, they're, they're good films. I mean, the, the Raymond Burr Godzilla film is still fun in its own right, but it's still mm-hmm. kind of the straight-up giant monster climbs out of the sea and mashes Tokyo. But the original Gojira, I mean, there was a love triangle involved. There was kind of the whole kind of moral amb- amb- ambiguity of just what, what Dr. Sarazawa was saying about how the, the, this, this can be used as a weapon and... If this stays around, you know, this can be used for even worse evil than what's what's going on here. Uh, and of course, there was no knockdown dragout with Godzilla. They actually kind of followed Godzilla into his lair and ambushed him there with that oxygen destroyer, which you know, ripped the flesh off his bones. That's that's one of the things that kind of stayed the same in the the Raymond Burr film was they they kept that uh, Doctor Sarazawa, if I'm if I'm pronouncing the name correctly, I, I think I am. I think so. Yeah. You know, that he sacrifices himself because he knows even if he stays alive, he could be made to make the weapon again, the oxygen destroyer. Yeah, and he didn't want that to fall into anyone else's hands. Yeah. So he went down with his own weapon and sadly put an end to that awesome eye patch he was rocking. Yeah, yeah. Although that actor, uh, Akihiko Harada, I believe was named. Sounds right. Yeah, he, he went back to be in several Godzilla films playing both heroes and villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, for me, it was uh, it was always fun to see him in it. Even though obviously I've, I'm usually listening to a dubbed over version of him, but he just looked like he was having fun. He usually kind of had a regal presence to him, but at the same time, you can tell he's you know he's usually having fun, especially when he's playing bad guys. Mm-hmm. 
one of the things I think that's that's worth mentioning in, for anybody that has not seen the original Godzilla, either the Raymond Burr or the original Gojira, is of course they kill Godzilla because obviously they did not know that it was going to be this huge success and make future films. Yeah, that was the first Godzilla of I want to say. Well, I've lost count now, but there's had to. Uh, not counting alternate realities or you know, reboots and all that, there's probably at least four. I want to say that had uh, that had been because the the next one, the second Godzilla, would have shown up in what's the first of being called the Showa era. I believe it was named after Emperor Showa. Yep. And that was Godzilla raids again, which just has another Godzilla on a nearby island. That just just happened to be seen. It was also the first time a Godzilla fights another monster. This, of course, being uh, Anguirus. And this film was dubbed over more or less straight up, uh, simplified a little bit, and it was released in the states as Gigantus the Fire Monster. And one of the characters, I don't know which one specifically, but one of the characters is actually voiced by a young George Takei. Yes. Yeah, and, and you can kind of tell when watching it, you can recognize Takei's voice. It's pretty distinctive. So. Yeah. Of course, it was the first time Godzilla fought another monster. And then the third film in the series, I believe, is was the King Kong versus Godzilla, mm-hmm. uh, which holds the distinction of the U.S. and the Japanese versions being not just a little different, but entirely different. Yeah, yeah. the, the um, Japanese version was more of a spoof. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there was that rumor going around for many, many years, uh, which I think was perpetuated by... Um, Forrest J. Ackerman in Famous Monsters magazine, just back in the back in the '60s, the Monster Kid boomer heyday when um, these magazines were pretty much how you got your monster info on stuff you hadn't seen before there was home video and things of that nature. And uh, it started that rumor that um, Godzilla actually won in the Japanese version, which mm-hmm. um, I don't believe is the case. Yeah, and what's always funny to me, even as a little kid, because I, I had to go back to the original King Kong, but King Kong versus Godzilla. King Kong's a heck of a lot bigger than he was in any American film. Mm-hmm. He grew, had to, uh, I don't know, he was taking his vitamins or something to yeah. uh, tangle with Godzilla. Maybe, so otherwise, that would have been a pretty quick fight. Yeah, yeah. He must have been something in that berry juice that they kept making for him that, that made him drunk. But <laughs> King Kong was not subject to a wellness policy. Yeah. Hide <laughs> your wellness policy. You must not consume these drugs before smashing Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anguirus has been suspended for 30 days under yeah. the uh, Toho wellness policy. This is his first violation. And then, of course, that brings us to Mothra versus Godzilla, which is also one of the, uh, the few times where Godzilla actually does the job. Mm-hmm. I think I was released in the States as Godzilla versus The Thing, because yeah. I don't think Mothra had actually been released in the States at that time. Uh, and they were kind of trying to pull a fast one that you would think that it was a crossover between Godzilla and The Thing from Another World. Mm-hmm. Which it was not, and again, that would have been a pretty quick fight too, I would think. Yeah. Godzilla stepping on James Arness. For my money, that's one of the best ones as far as um, film quality. The mm-hmm. um, Godzilla versus Mothra. I agree for a couple of reasons. One is for its time, the effects were actually really good. Obviously, it's it's 50 years old now, so it its age shows, mm-hmm. but it's got a competent story to it. It's not just oh no, Godzilla's back again. There was a story with the, the the Mothra egg, and the best thing I like about it is they went to great lengths with the dubbing. You actually have to look sometimes to see if it's dubbing, because the producers for the American release actually decided to go in and rather than just do a direct translation of what's being said, they decided to try to choose words that more matched with what the lips were moving to. Mm-hmm. So... Some of the direct translation might have been lost, but it actually makes for a more convincing dub because it fits with what the uh, the actors are saying. Right. Yeah, and it makes a difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a little more, a little higher quality than a lot of them. And um, I guess maybe it was. When, well, again, I'm sure it was a cash cow for Tokyo at that, or for um, Toho at that point, but um, it uh, was still being treated uh, fairly well as far as budget. Although I don't know that Godzilla got. Um, ever really got disrespected as heavily as some properties have. They always, they seem to show him um, a fair bit of respect, I thought. Yeah. And then that brings us to the classic, what I think a lot of people would call the classic Godzilla, because when Godzilla's the heroic monster, going fighting the likes of King Ghidorah, uh, Megalon, uh, the, the giant crab. Um, 
Ibira. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, the Smog Monster, Hedera. I remember when I saw Godzilla vs. the Smog Monster, a.k.a. Godzilla vs. Hedera, I was seeing it with friends and whatnot, and we made just about every pun out of Hedera that, that you could make of. Oh, I guess he's going to go to the Hedera class. Oh, he's, yeah, oh, oh, see, he's Hedera right out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that movie's pretty trippy. I mean, I remember I, it was not really shown on TV when I was a kid. Um, I finally saw it on Sci-Fi Channel probably 15 years ago, and um, uh, it, it was, um, yeah, it kind of blew my mind. Uh, just uh, It has a much different feel than uh, the ones that came before it, and um, I finally got a copy at a uh, convention out here a couple years ago, but it's hosted by an Ohio horror host by the name of Son of Ghoul, who, unbeknownst to me, mocks his movies more than Mystery Science Theater 3000 did. So it's pretty well chopped up and just dubbed over with um, goofy sounds and things like that. Like every time Godzilla roars, instead of you hear Fat Albert saying, hey, 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 and it's, um, and that's actually pretty darn funny. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I mean, if you, if you have a few brews in you, it's that much funnier. Yeah, it's good stuff. And the climax of this movie, because gotta remember throughout all this movie there there's this psychedelic rock track there's mm-hmm. a guy drinking sake who sees fish heads on people uh there there's all sorts of crazy animated stuff that's anti-pollution uh, that just depicts hetera as you know, s- sucking on uh, uh large factory smoke but for some reason uh the news of this giant smog monster spreads and the stupid teenagers and Really, what's a movie without stupid teenagers in it? They decide that they're going to throw a party on top of Mount Fuji. Now, how teenagers climb Mount Fuji, I don't know, but they seem to get on top of Mount Fuji, and it looks like a prairie farm. Yeah, they had excellent endurance, and they were surprised to find what they did, yeah. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Yeah, maybe they'd been studying JBL's mountain mountain climbing or or something. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Hedera shows up and knockdown drag out with Godzilla and... I remember this one was so bad that one of the originators of Godzilla, Yoshimitsu Banu, basically forbid the director from ever making another Godzilla film. <laughs> that's, that's how bad it was. It, it's a shame it never made it to Mr. Science Theater because that would have been uh, some, some great material there. Speaking of Mr. Science Theater, we, we do have another show that will be devoted to MST3K in the future. So you misties, uh, we're, we're going to be reaching out to you too. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah there were... Oh, boy, which films did they show on MST3K, which Godzilla films? I know they did Godzilla vs. Megalon, and I believe... It was Gigan. Yeah, 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 Gigan showed up as, um... He was kind of the secondary character in that movie, um... The secondary threat, um... They probably just reused stock footage from Godzilla vs. Gigan. Yeah. Um, yeah, they also... I want to say... They did the one with Jet Jaguar. Yeah, that was Godzilla versus Megalon. Okay. Godzilla and Jet Jaguar, which was, yeah, Toho's Ultraman yeah. versus, um, Megalon and Gigan. And surprisingly, I don't think they did Godzilla versus Gigan, which, um, that was, a, that's a weird, weird film in its own right because it's the one where Godzilla and Anguirus actually speak to each other. Yeah, they're actually speaking in English in the, the, uh, it's like, oh, we must go here. Yeah. There's something funny going on. Yeah. Let's go check it out. And that's my best impersonation of how they spoke. Yeah, it's probably better than probably better than I did. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right about Megalon. The other one was Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. Aha, yes. That's that, that's the other one they did, where Godzilla fights with Ibira, the giant crab, and the first time he shoots him with his fire breath, the, the crab turns red, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> so then, if, if memory serves, especially after Hedera. Godzilla just had this total camp uh, feel to it, and I think Toho was starting to realize it. Shortly after that, they, they started to try to get more more serious with it. Yeah, they did an about face when they did um, the next one, which is Mechagodzilla. Yeah, well, yeah, I think well, they they did Gigan and they did Megalon, and because I, I remember the American poster for Godzilla versus Megalon depicts Godzilla and Megalon on top of the World Trade Centers, which is funny because the movie never took place in New York. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's... They just decided to climb up there and say, hey, look what I can do. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Maybe it was an, an inspiration for the Jeff Bridges uh, King Kong remake. But Yeah, come to think of it, yeah, that was a few years later. Somebody yeah. saw that poster and said, hey, Kong can do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then let's bring it. Let's bring in the future dude, you know, to be the be the protagonist. But yeah, I think it was Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla where they started getting serious again, and it mm-hmm. goes back to the thing about the only real camp to it is the fact that the the movies just did not age very well mm-hmm. as far as the the effects went. But I remember Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, and then Terror of Mechagodzilla. The uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla is a direct sequel to. Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. It's like terror picks right up where the previous one left off. Yeah, and the first five minutes or so of terror are pretty much a recap of Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. So really, terror is the only one you need to see because mm-hmm. it pretty much condenses it, and you get to see, um, yeah, the the bogus Godzilla attacking Anguirus and um, the reveal and uh, the most of the final battle is there. And really, it's the it's a good way to watch it. Yeah, and and it's uh, worth noting that. Terror of Mechagodzilla, they, they actually went back to Ishiro Honda, who was the director of the original Gojira. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think this is the, the really the last of the films to depict Godzilla as any sort of hero. Uh-huh. You know, all the rest of them, he's just kind of the chaotic, neutral force of nature. Mm-hmm. And it, it was the last film for about ten years, because I don't know if the film just didn't do terribly well. Yeah, the box office was probably down. Although Godzilla did show up on Zone Fighter, around that time, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. The TV series. Uh, although you could see the costume was not aging all that well yeah. in the show. And it was, yeah, again, an Ultraman-type TV show. I don't think it was ever brought to the United States. Okay. But while, while we're still on the Showa series, was Destroy All Monsters the one that had King Caesar in it? Um, King Caesar was in... Oh, boy, let me think. Uh, he, he was probably in... Destroy all monsters because that kind of had everybody. Um, I, I think I thought he was in Godzilla versus Gigan. Um, well, let's double check. Oh, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. I was wrong. Okay. Oh, okay. So he is in Mechagodzilla. All right. Good. Yeah, he came and kind of helped Godzilla. Okay. Woke him up inside that mountain. Yeah, King Caesar Romero. <laughs> you know, and Joker make up with a mustache, and you know, like... Yeah, he, yeah, he just kind of painted over it. So yeah. Dog makeup. You gotta love a monster that blocks energy blasts with its face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Some durable eyeballs. Yeah, but then of course he can turn around and channel it right back, which is why he would block blast with his face. <laughs> yeah, don't buy him sunglasses. Yeah, that's kind of like the reverse Cyclops effect, I guess. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the Godzilla pretty much laid dormant for the next ten years. They really didn't make any more films until it was called the return of godzilla in japan but in the states it was known as godzilla 1985 i remember that just blew my mind when that came out and it was on tv yeah yeah every other weekend yeah and i remember it came out not long after it had hit theaters i'm guessing it must have died too but uh i remember it came out i think december of of 84 and i really wanted to go see it and uh, for whatever reason my folks never took me and then like summer of 85 it was already on TV, complete with the Godzilla or Bambi meets Godzilla short. Yeah, I believe I have a VHS with the two of those together. Yeah, yeah, I think that was because uh, I remember when it, when they showed it on. I want to say it was 32. Uh, they they showed the Bambi meets Godzilla at the at the end of it. And one thing that is worth mentioning for this film, that just from a historical standpoint, remember I was talking about Akihiko Harada. He was actually going to be cast in this film, obviously as a, as a different role and. Dr. Sarazawa, uh, he was going to be that scientist, the track Godzilla, basically the main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had passed away shortly before filming began because he uh, smoked like a chimney. Uh, you notice he smoked in just about all of his movies. And so they went to one of his friends. It was uh, Yosuke Nat- Natsuki, who had actually was best friends with Akihiko Harada, and they'd actually made other films together. I believe they'd even made other other Godzilla films together. This one, what I liked about this film is it went back to basics. Godzilla was back to being the bad guy. And, of course, for the American release, Godzilla 1985, they brought back Raymond Burr playing the same character, Steve Martin. Oh, not the wild and crazy guy, Steve Martin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, if they, if they couldn't have gotten Raymond Burr back, it would have been interesting to see if they could have gotten Steve Martin. And that would have uh, pretty well goofed up the tone of the movie, but it might have been funny to watch. Yeah. Or they could have Steve Martin play a character called Ray Burr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, better yet. <laughs> Let's see if he can handle a little dramatic turn. Yeah. And if memory serves, the American producers originally were going to make it spoof-like and give it that crazy 
giant monster feel that so many people got from the 60s films, but Raymond Burr didn't want to do that. He wanted to do it as a serious film. Um, now, you know, I, I actually respect him for that because that, that, uh, voiceover that he has when Godzilla's falling into that volcano where he's talking about how, you know, nature sometimes just puts stuff out there to remind us how small we are. You know, that's, that's like, Total metaphor of Godzilla, you know, mm-hmm. you know li- living instrument of destruction, like he's a living hurricane or a tornado or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and one other thing that's worth mentioning is one is something that was significantly edited from the Japanese version, other than uh, some of the the talks in the United Nations. But the scene in Godzilla 1985, where they have that Russian guy winds up launching a missile to try to stop Godzilla. That was actually heavily altered. Japanese version, what is going on is the missile is going to go off on a fail-safe, and that that Soviet officer actually dies trying to stop it from happening. Uh-huh. But, of course, in 1985 America, we can't depict the, the Russians as doing good things. With the, uh-huh. Well, the Cold War, they had to be bad guys, too. So you know, they rewrote it to make it be that he's got to launch this missile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of a product of um, its era in that respect. And it is an interesting um, comparison to highlight but the two versions. One of the things that I really like about this series that we're getting into, this I believe it's the Hensei series, all of these films from Godzilla 1985 or Return of Godzilla through the mid-90s, all of them are in the same timeline. Yep. They all acknowledge each other. So it's like from here on, all the other movies are direct sequels. And it brings us to the next film, which is really an interesting one in the series, which is Godzilla vs. Biollante. And what's funny, and I remember us talking about this on one of the previous versions of A1, I think, because you were actually able to find an American dub of Godzilla vs. Biollante at, at some point. Uh-huh, yeah, probably on VHS somewhere. I I might have it in my collection somewhere. Um, yeah. And because I'd really I'd seen bits and pieces of it on cable with, with English, but the, all the other times that I'd seen it, it was with Japanese dialogue and English subtitles. Now I don't think there's really that much of a difference, other than maybe again adjusting the dialogue to what might fit for English grammar. Mm-hmm. And this one just really, this one's not for little kids. Not that it's gory or anything like that, but. Biollante would probably give small kids nightmares. Yeah, he was kind of freaky. Well, he, he is literally a plant crossed with Godzilla cells. So you have this living plant with tentacles that have jaws on it and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's like the, if the, the Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors was designed by Satan or something like that. <laughs> yeah, if I'm remembering right, see, that was 89. Mm-hmm. Because um, that one picks right up with Godzilla climbing out of the volcano that he fell into in Godzilla 1985. Yeah, cause, yeah, I'm just remembering, yeah, comparing that to other uh, giant carnivorous plant monster. Mm-hmm. Feed me Because <laughs> there was an episode, I guess it was probably a year or two before that, of uh, Transformers Headmasters, which I have the um, ridiculous English dub of, and... There was an episode where Fortress Maximus had to fight a monster that was very similar to Biollante, hmm. and I don't think Biollante had been created yet, so surely they didn't crib the idea from a really, <laughs> a really bad Transformers series. I don't know. Yeah, that's another discussion for another day, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, because we're, we're going to do Transformers in a future mm-hmm. Geekville as well. As we progress through the 90s here, we're, we're done with Godzilla either being by himself or fighting monsters we hadn't heard of. 1991 brought us Godzilla versus King Ghidorah, which was campy but still had that fun time travel story. Uh-huh. The story was that some aliens from the, the future, I think it's from the year 2200, they arrive in a submarine, which still looks a lot like a present-day submarine. <laughs> and they decide that you know they're, they're going to pull the whole... Uh, Magne- uh, Age of Apocalypse thing and go back in time and kill a Godzilla before he becomes Godzilla back when he was still uh, an unaltered uh, dinosaur. Of course, the the military or the scientists believe, oh, oh, yeah, oh, great idea. Okay, yeah, let's do it. 
<laughs> and, and of course, any moviegoer with half a brain is like, oh wow, they, they they go back and they destroy Godzilla before he becomes Godzilla. Hey, wow, this is going to be a short movie. What could possibly go wrong after this? Mm-hmm. And then they get back to modern time, and it turns out that the whole plot was to bring about King Ghidorah and have him basically help them rule the world. Mm-hmm. With yeah. nobody to stop him. But then it turns out that by killing and moving the body of Godzilla, they put it to a place where it gets uh, absorbs the radiation of a nuclear sub, and then thus the a new, larger, more powerful Godzilla is born. <laughs> and, of course, it eventually leads to the knockdown drag out there was a there was also a fun gag in this where there was a scene that happened on a navy battleship i think what happened was uh, he saw the craft that the main characters were in when they when they time traveled and he's on this navy battleship and you know sees this and he's excited to tell his son someday and they eventually they say they, they say the character's name is major spielberg <laughs> now, of course, this is without even getting into why a major, which is an army or marine rank, would be on a navy battleship. I, I don't know, maybe special forces or something. I don't know. <laughs> but Spielberg goes where he wants to go. Yeah. Say no. And oh yeah, this was also the one that had the very fast running cyborg who somehow runs normal but is able to move really fast. <laughs> uh, was that was it where they brought in um, baby Godzilla as well? Uh, that may have been the next one. Okay. Eric, yeah, that was, um... I think that might have been in, in Mothra. Okay. It, it just hit me there. There's another scene in the movie where one of the, the women is, uh, reprogramming that Terminator-like uh, android by putting a CD into his head. <laughs> you know, apparently 23rd century technology still runs off CDs. You know, I, I guess flash memory kind of fades out in the 22nd century or something. Well, you could get, bring just, him to his knees by installing Windows 3.1 in his head. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or I guess Windows 95. Boy, I'm um, getting my years mixed up. But yeah. Yeah. Was Windows 3.1 even on CDs? Uh, yeah. Floppies. Yeah. You, could, you could jam a floppy in there, too. Yeah, because my, my copy of Windows 3.1 was on floppies, so mm-hmm. it, it, it wouldn't have taken up much space on a, on a CD. But that brings us to... Godzilla versus Mothra, not to be confused with Mothra versus Godzilla. Mm-hmm. This is the 1992 film, and what's fun about this is that they brought in the anti-Mothra, Batra. Yes. Um, turns out that Godzilla is so badass, so much of a problem that Yin Yang, so to speak, Batra and Mothra have to band together to to fight off Godzilla. Yeah, they had a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that even gave birth to a, a new Mothra series, did it not? I think so. That that may have started after the after Godzilla vs. Destroyo was made, because they, they, there was a time where it was uh, it was dormant, but I, I could be wrong about that, because I don't know nearly as much about Mothra as I do Godzilla. Nor do I. Yeah. yeah. And another one of my favorites was the second Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, you know, the 1993 film. Because this is the the first time where I think Mechagodzilla actually really whoops on on Godzilla. Yeah, he mauled him pretty badly. Yeah, so Godzilla was all set to do the job, and then there was a uh, there was a run in, wasn't there? Um, um, was it Rodan? Uh, yeah, yeah, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was Rodan in some form or another. Yeah, because uh, they start doing tests on baby Godzilla, and they find out that Godzillas have a second brain in their ass. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so, like dinosaurs. Yeah. Not have. Yeah. yeah. They, they make Mechagodzilla. They use that, that clamp, that clamp device on them. So they break Godzilla's back and apparently break his ass brain too. Mm-hmm. And then Rodan does the run in and hits Mechagodzilla with a chair or something like that. And then transfers his essence into Godzilla. And then Godzilla comes back up. And that, I think that was, that was the, de- the debut of the super red breath mm-hmm. blast. Yeah, his Godzilla's breath became like um, Muda's mist, did it not? Yeah, <laughs> different strengths. Yeah, and then that that brings us to the second. I think it's the second to last film of the Hensei series, or what is it? The, uh, the Heisei series. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the Heisei series. I just love the name Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Yeah, <laughs> Space Godzilla. It's like his shoulders were made out of the material that Madonna uses for her bras. Yeah, or maybe, yeah, he, he was very pointy. Maybe more modern reference uh, to Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, same thing pretty much. Yeah, and that one, Space Godzilla was made because like the Biollante DNA flew out into space, I think. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was, again, picking up where that one left off. Yeah. Throughout the series, uh, baby Godzilla starts getting getting older and becoming more Godzilla-like. It's growing up. Yeah. So you can no longer hug him and squeeze him and call him George. <laughs> and it, this one's pretty straightforward. I mean, Space Godzilla just shows up and starts mashing, and Godzilla is kind of the lesser evil. And then that brings us to the final film in the in the Heisei series, Godzilla vs. Destroyer, which arguably I think could be the best because this is the first fil- film, obviously since the, the original, that shows the death of Godzilla. Mm-hmm. What's happening is his inner workings are going critical, kind of like how a, a, a nuclear power plant could go crit- critical if it... Yeah, he's going... Uh, yeah, he was basically burning up. He was glowing. Yeah, he needed to vent radioactive gas or something, and he couldn't. Yeah. So, yeah, he started melting down. And um, and then, of course, you had Destroyer, which was um, spawned by the after-effects of the Oxygen Destroyer, which killed the original Godzilla from 1954. Mm-hmm. Where, where basically it turned... Uh, crabs into these uh, monstrous uh, creatures that all were able to bond together and form a bigger monster, which was able to do some severe damage. Yeah, like an organic Voltron or something. Mm-hmm. They were just somehow able able to band together. And they also had the actress who played uh, Amiko in the original Gojira, uh, the one who was in, in that love triangle with Dr. Sarazawa, and uh, now I forget the protagonist in, in that one, but she actually shows up and... Uh, you know, basically warns of the dangers of this this happening. So it's right. Uh, it's pretty cool how it was able to tie in on many levels with the the original film. And I still say the effects of Godzilla dying. I think they still hold up today. Oh yes. Uh, I can't remember if it's CGI or if it was just if they just melted uh, wax or, or or what. But I mean, you you see his heart explode and he reels back and the flesh just kind of melts off the the body i mean it's uh it really is dramatic especially with the music and mm-hmm. crying out as he melts and yeah it you know it, it got me right here i'm tapping my chest right now as i say this yeah yeah it, it kind of did although in the massive fallout caused by his meltdown the baby godzilla absorbed enough radiation to become the new godzilla so it kind of didn't miss a beat for too long mm-hmm. but uh, it was uh sad to see him go there for a couple minutes yeah and uh, that brings us to the Matthew Broderick Godzilla, which is, again, what we call Gino, Godzilla name only, and uh, I don't think we really need to waste our time on this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I've ever watched the whole thing from beginning to end, but uh, I watched enough to know that I was uh, vastly disappointed. Yeah, it w- it's actually not that bad for a monster movie. But it's it just... has no business having that name on it. Exactly. It's getting the rub yeah. off of... Um having that name and really the monster has nothing to do zilla has nothing to do with godzilla i mean maybe if they gave him a little more time on his own he could develop his own monstery gimmick but um that has not happened and i don't think it will and uh so it really doesn't stand on its own merit because people don't really judge it that way and then next up was to it was 1999's godzilla millennium or i think it was released here in 2000 as godzilla 2000 and this was Again, a back to basics. Yeah, that was. I believe that's the only one I saw in the theaters. Yeah, yeah. Godzilla 2000. I remember distinctly going to see that when it came out, and I was very glad to see a, a new proper Godzilla movie in the theaters. Or that was where the villain was Orga, was it not? Yeah, yeah. And it's one of the best Godzilla kills of all time. Uh-huh. Yes, it was. Because I, I think Godzilla's smart enough to figure out that Orga wants to eat him, so Orga starts opening up his his mouth like you know, like like. A python or something out of out of V, you know, just or Garfield, you know, just opening his <laughs> mouth up really, really large. So Godzilla starts trying to climb in. Okay, yeah, and then then as he's half in, Godzilla's spines begin to glow, and he lets out the the breath from from within, and little pieces of Orga go flying everywhere. Yeah, and then after that one, we had Godzilla versus Megagyrus, correct? Yeah, yeah, and I I think this was the only one one of only two sets of films to have direct sequels from each other. Because uh, this one, they, well, to be honest, this, this one may not, again, I'm going by memory here, they use the same suit, and that suit looks looks pretty cool. Yeah, I can't remember now if it directly acknowledges Godzilla 2000 or not. Yeah, I don't recall either. Um, I remember a lot of big bugs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Orkin Man's worst nightmare, you know? <laughs> mm, yeah, well, Godzilla will do the job that he's not 
able to, I suppose. Because one of the things that bugged me about these movies that took place in the 2000s, the late 90s and the 2000s, is that they kept becoming reboots. Mm-hmm. They they were just they'd acknowledged the 1954 film and then just ignored everything since. Yeah, they did tend to go that route. Yeah, whereas uh, I don't know how often they needed to rehash the origin. Yeah, but they had Godzilla, uh, giant monsters, all out attack, which was directed by Shusuke Kaneko, who was the guy that rebooted Gamera. In the mid '90s, which was fairly successful in its own right. Yeah, and I don't—I don't think I was Toho. That's a, that's a different film company right. that had Gamera. Right? Yeah, that's yeah, I forget the name of the company, but yeah, yeah, Godzilla and Gamera, contrary to popular belief, never did um, cross over. If you think you saw them fighting each other, what you actually saw was uh, Gigantus the Fire Monster Godzilla raids again with uh, yeah. Anguirus fighting Godzilla. Yeah, but because they're, they're, since they're two completely different companies. It would be like Superman meeting Spider-Man in a movie. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Uh-huh. And yeah, you're not going to have a clean winner because nobody wants their monster to put over the other company's monster and make them look bad. And, and you have a pro wrestling type situation, which, right. come to think of it, Godzilla movies are sort of like, um, the giant lizard equivalent of pro wrestling. And that may be part of the appeal for me. Yeah. yeah these, seeing these big creatures wail on each other, I guess. Yeah. And I think, it's kind of going off on a tangent, but people like us who are able to grow up watching these films as kids before technology really took off in the 90s, we were still able to grow up believing that these guys in rubber suits were, were monsters. And then, of course, as adults, we look back on it, it's like, yeah, they're guys in rubber suits, but that's also kind of the appeal of it. Going back to the Doctor Who stuff oh, definitely. last week, you know, that, that's part of the appeal is, yeah, it's a guy in a rubber suit. That's what's fun about it. That's the charm, yeah. And really, I mean... The effects on those movies, the miniature work is um, criminally underrated mm-hmm. because they put so much detail into those little things and into the suits. And uh, for them to build these uh, beautiful scale models and then to have them get wrecked in filming is almost a shame. But really, I mean, they cared about what they did, and it was. It, I, I'm a big fan of the practical effects. And this brings us to probably my favorite of the modern Godzilla films. Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, not to be confused with Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. And this one, it really had a pretty cool plot to it, in my opinion, because, it, again, it's a reboot. It really only acknowledges the 1954 uh, film. But Godzilla shows up again, and it's the government that, once again, creates Mechagodzilla, but they do so using the bones of the original Godzilla. Yeah, that original Godzilla again. Keep yeah. dragging him up. Yeah, they they acknowledge that this is a another Godzilla, not the not the original. And then after they start fighting Godzilla, the Mecha Godzilla starts going haywire because somehow like the the essence or the the soul of the original Godzilla is, is still still exists and mm-hmm. basically takes over Mecha Godzilla. The unquiet Godzilla spirit. Yeah, yeah. which if I'm not mistaken, that. Um, Sort of goes back to an aborted idea they had in the mid '90s, uh, towards the end of the Heisei era. The original idea for Godzilla vs. Destroyer was going to be Godzilla vs. Godzilla, where he fought um, basically um, uh, a reincarnation of the original Godzilla, mm-hmm. and that was going to be what did in Godzilla. But instead, they decided that uh, they would create a new monster and have Destroyer, and uh, and that worked out all right. Having two of them might have been a little bit. Confusing to some people, I get it. Which brings us to Godzilla Tokyo SOS, which I really like. Now, the story really isn't as much, because it pretty much does kind of pick up where the previous one left off. It acknowledges the previous film. But if you like monster fights, this is the one to see, because it's literally like the, the entire second half of the movie is just a knockdown, drag out. It's like a three-way dance between Godzilla, Mechagodzilla, and Mothra. I mean, I, I don't know how much you remember of this one, but uh, bits and pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. This one's really good if you're like like the fights. It's, it's like your the action movie analogy. It's, it's not much on on plot, but once Godzilla shows up, and it's like 45 minutes in the movie before Godzilla shows up. But after that, he just starts rampaging, and it's just nonstop throwdown from there. Yeah, and really, that's what we come to see anyway. I mean, we don't really need to see uh, the human interaction quite as much. Uh, and that was probably my big complaint about the one that came after it, you know, Final Wars, which uh, I enjoyed a lot of, but um, 
uh, not to get ahead of us, but we had... Um, it's the next film anyway, so we might as well. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah it, oh boy. I, I seem to recall uh, this Matrix knockoff mm. characters and plot going on with the humans jumping around and the power defying gravity. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and really, do we, do we really need that? I mean, is it really worth taking screen time away from the monsters for that? Uh, I tend to think not, although... Don Fry did steal the show. Yep. Don Fry was fantastic in that film. Yeah, that that's one of the two things that I, that I liked. I mean, I re, I really don't e- don't even mind these Matrix Power Rangers in a Godzilla film. It's just this was supposed to be the ultimate Godzilla film because Toho went into it knowing that they're not going to make another film for ten years. So this was supposed to be the big send off, and it was supposed to have all the other classic monsters from Godzilla's past. But yet, half the movie seems to be spent following these motorcycle-riding Power Rangers around, uh, uh, fi- fighting each other. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the two things I like in this one is, yeah, you got to love Don Fry. Because, uh, yeah, he just stands there and you know, grimaces out his lines. It's, it's fantastic. And Don Fry has one of the most epic mustaches of all time. He sure does. Yeah, that's a mustache I aspire to. I mean, i got, I got a ways to go before I catch him. Yeah, if a man could be judged by his mustache, uh, Don Fry would be ruler of all. Uh, but the other thing that I like is they actually have the fight between Godzilla and Gino. You know, Godzilla name only, aka Zilla from the the, the, the Matthew Broderick uh, mm-hmm. Godzilla. And the, and that fight goes exactly how it should go. Yeah, it's about forty five seconds, and it's it's about two moves done, both of them by, mm-hmm. <laughs> by the real Godzilla. And, and yeah, the Sydney Opera House is no more. <laughs> yeah. And they even make the line about, uh, you know, that tuna eating freak or something like that, because uh-huh. it's like, when did Godzilla eat fish? <laughs> yeah, we never really saw him eat, did we? Maybe he yeah. well, he feeds. Yeah, he feeds on radiation. That's that, that's how the classic Godzilla ate, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's not very filling. Hey, if you want to get a little uh, roughage, a little um, protein, I guess he maybe he would. Maybe he did like tuna. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they never discussed how his breath smelled. You know, tuna has a rather distinct odor, and um, maybe um, maybe he did partake of it from time to time, or or, or maybe he just ate bigger fish that. Had eaten tuna. I don't know. Because uh, a tuna would be mighty smart. But that brings us to the end of this series of Godzilla films. And I guess we'll uh, finish up with this. Uh, as you may know, Legendary Pictures has started filming on a new American Godzilla film, which has a story code penned by... Uh, uh, David Hart. Goyer? Yeah, David, David Goyer. Thank you. So it actually looks like it might actually be good this time around. Uh-huh. Uh, my, my understanding is Toho was like, uh, okay, well, we're going to make sure you do it right this time. <laughs> yeah. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. I think it's supposed to be out next year. I think it's, um, I think it's late next year is the, the goal. Uh, yeah, I think it's slated for 2014. And, yeah, it's going to be directed by a guy. His name escapes me at the moment, but he directed... Um, a giant monster movie, which was just called Monsters. It was kind of about these giant octopi flying through the sky, and it was the movie was done a little more exploring the human side of um, what ha- what would happen after a giant monster attack, where these um, things had uh, you know caused major cataclysmic global changes, and how human society had adapted to deal with it. And um, it was a lot more artsy than I expected. Um, I don't think Godzilla will be quite that. Um, uh, high concept, but um, at least we know we're not getting a, a Michael Bay. Right. Uh, G- Gareth Edwards is the name. Gareth Edwards. Right. Yeah. yeah, and that, that is, I think, is the only real film, but apparently Monsters was done on a bu- budget of $500,000. Yeah, and, and it looks fantastic considering that. I mean, I really could find very little fault with uh, the effects, although the monsters aren't in it that much, uh, but um, really when they're there, they look fine. I mean, they look kind of like, yeah, big lightning octopi the sky uh, but they yeah i mean for the for the money they spent and uh, how it turned out i give them all the credit in the world and i really hope this new godzilla does well also yeah that was, was gonna be like, probably the, the the final thought of this is what what do you have hopes for i mean it, for me I, i'm definitely hoping they at least keep the classic look i mean you can update it a bit you know put the put the spines or maybe uh scales or something like that to make them look more like some, uh, uh, a big critter that would climb out of the ocean because mm-hmm. they've done that over time anyway. Yeah, yeah, but n- none of the uh, nobody eating fish, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. keep keep the nuclear metaphor with it because that that really I think is 
the core of the Godzilla character. You know, nuclear metaphor, living engine of destruction, feeds off radiation. You know, the more mankind looks into ways to destroy them, destroy each other, nature's like, okay, yeah, you want to mess with this? All right, fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's um, pretty much uh, my hope as well. As long as it's a, a quality film and um, they treat it with respect and don't try to change it excessively. And uh, I mean, they can put a new spin on it, and I hope they do because we really don't need another rehash. But um, uh, they could maybe even uh, start teasing the presence of other monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, we'll yeah, see you, how you it don't, goes. You don't need other monsters in this. You don't need Mechagodzilla in the, the first. American yeah, there's reboot. no need to rush it. Yeah, well, you can save Mechagodzilla for the sequel to this film. Yeah, they could tease it, or yeah, or maybe give him one guy to fight and uh, not. Um, oh boy, well if they want to do a pre-Mechagodzilla, they could give him Mogera or something like that. Yeah, yeah, boy Mogera, he was probably the wimpiest monster in the Godzilla NES game. But that brings us to the end of our chronology of all things Godzilla. So I think we'll wind up on that. Uh, Greg, thanks for joining me on this. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, I think we'll do something else in the future. And there you have it. We hope you enjoyed this little trip down memory lane discussing almost every Godzilla film ever made. We will, of course, be doing a complete review of Godzilla King of the Monsters shortly. We are also going to be recording a new Godzilla-themed podcast for our sister podcast, Examining the Dead. It's just a matter of getting myself, Crazy Train, and Uncle Greg back together at the same time because we decided we didn't want to record the show without all three of us because we're all such big Godzilla fans. But that will be hitting the airwaves soon. We'll also be part of that Nostalgia Trip channel that we've been talking about. All of the... Social media is at Geekville Radio. The website is geekvilleradio.com. Find us on the podcast device of your choosing. Just do a search of Geekville Radio. should get all of our shows at the ready for you. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you folks soon with all things Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Geekville Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any products or services unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the hosts and or guests do not reflect the views of GeekvilleRadio.com, the Wrestling Brethren podcast, family, or any of their affiliates. Some media used in Geekville Radio is the product of their respective copyright holders, all rights reserved.